Hello, and welcome to Stonebridge Online Worship. I'm Pastor Jonathan. During this time, we gather for worship. We worship the God who made the world and everything in it. Although we are apart during this time, we can worship and pray to God with one voice. We can proclaim God's presence in our lives. Again, although we are apart during this time, together we can celebrate what God has done for us. We are God's offspring. God of heaven and earth, companion in life, spirit of truth, to you alone we turn our eyes and we lift up our hearts. Let us worship God. Hey everybody, it's great to be with you. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So, you know, as we worship God, rest in his presence, rest in the knowledge that he is Lord and that he is on the throne of heaven and that he loves you. Let's worship the Lord. Count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now He won't fail me now The waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I
of sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal.
things have passed away your love has stayed the same your constant grace remains the cornerstone things that we thought were death are breathing in life again as you cause your sun to shine in darkest night for all that you've done we will pour out our love this will be our anthem song Jesus
Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Feel free to pause the video during these announcements in order to grab all the information you may need. During this time of worshiping virtually, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecme.com. Click on online giving. You can give through your bank's bill pay option or by mail. If you'd like business reply offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. Simi Valley's Samaritan Center serves the homeless and the most disenfranchised in our community. Due to the changing nature of the COVID-19 crisis, the Samaritan Center has had to evolve accordingly. For everyone's health and safety, the Samaritan Center has discontinued its free nightly dinners. Instead, they're asking for $5 and $10 gift card donations to restaurants like Subway, Carl's Jr., Tommy's Burger, or Taco Bell. Every evening, gift cards are distributed to those in need. You can help by purchasing gift cards and sending them to Stonebridge. On behalf of our church, we will make sure that the cards are safely delivered. On Sunday, May 31st at 10.30 a.m., we will be having a congregational meeting over Zoom. The purpose of the meeting is to elect our new church officers and to approve our pastor's terms of call. Please register for this meeting by using the link you see on the screen or through the weekly emailed newsletter. This week, Pastor Neil sent a letter giving a financial update for Stonebridge. If you haven't received it in the mail yet, you can find that letter in our weekly emailed newsletter. And lastly, we'd love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your prayers and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are important to us. Once again, welcome to online worship. Well, I am so excited to report back to you the good news of our service project with Ashley Manor. As you know, about three weeks ago, uh, we invited you, Stonebridge Church, to donate paper grocery bags filled with goods that could be safely delivered to the senior residents at Ashley Manor. Well, the turnout was great, and I wanted to share this video with you. more beautiful than anyone ever every day you're the same you never change no never Everything, all I need, forever I could 
has come. The old has gone, the new is here. So, if it is possible, and as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, and let us pursue what makes for peace and for building up one another, since God has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making the appeal through us. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. Hello, Stonebridge. People say love is never having to say you're sorry. Well, that's incorrect. In fact, it is exactly the opposite of correct. Love is actually being willing to always say, I'm sorry, I apologize, please forgive me. We live in a day and age where uh, apologies are kind of a forgotten art. And that's unfortunate because in a world like ours where people are always making mistakes, the ability and willingness to apologize uh, is important. But we have so many leaders and celebrities and influencers who uh, are modeling for us an unwillingness to apologize. Russell Crowe uh, once said, I have nothing to apologize for after he had picked a producer up and shoved him up against a wall. And uh, if it's not... Uh, nothing to apologize for, then we have examples of people who make non-apology apologies. Justin Timberlake, after the Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction, said, if anyone was offended, I apologize. Well, for a civilized world, as I say, we need to be able to apologize. But also, we are in a sermon series uh, on family matters and the ability and willingness to apologize and apologize well are two of the most significant uh, elements we can have to have a happy and healthy family. We parents need to teach our children not only how to apologize, but to apologize, to be willing to apologize. And as Christians, apologizing is vital. Apologizing is vital to our own relationship with Christ. So we're going to take a look at all of that. Uh, so let's get one thing uh, on the table right up front. The first thing we learn about apologizing is this. Christians must be people who apologize. Matthew 
5, 23 to 24 says this, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. According to Jesus, being right with other people takes precedence over being right with God. Wow! Uh, if, if that were the case with us as Christians, and that was our attitude, I think the world would be very different. You know, parents have this kind of situation a lot. I mean, I think, I think we've all experienced it where we've finally sat down with one of our children to um, spend some time with them. Uh, if they're young, to play a game. If they're old, to have a good conversation. And then their phone rings or they get a text or a knock at the door and somebody says, can they come out and play? Or I have got to talk to you. Or I have big news that won't wait. What do we as parents say? We say, Go. Go have fun. Go see your friends. We'll talk later. Well, I think God has that same attitude towards us. The text says, first go and be reconciled. Be made right with your brother or your sister. Then come back and give your offering on the altar. God's saying, go. Go talk to your friend. And hey, come back and we'll work on our stuff later. And by the way, that term, brother or sister, it really means anyone. Anyone we'd come in contact with. Back in the day, it meant other Jews, which were basically the only other people most Jews would come into contact with. And so, uh, basically it says, hey, whenever somebody has something, a problem with you, go get that taken care of before your religious activities. If you got to skip church to do it, it's okay. It's important. In fact, Paul, who was planting churches all around the Mediterranean, he wrote this, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So Jesus wants us to take it seriously when anyone we are involved with has an issue or a difficulty with us, and we need to try to resolve it, even if it means stepping away from our religious activities. Why? Why is it so important to God that we have good relationships with other people? It's because of the second thing that we need to understand about apologizing. Christians are living representatives of God. Wow. Second Corinthians says, God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Billy Graham was about reconciliation. Did you know that Billy Graham posted bail for Martin Luther King once when Martin Luther King had been arrested for uh, civil rights? Um, and in 1957... Billy Graham had Martin Luther King in one of his events and his crusades and had him do the opening prayer and then later come and teach Billy Graham's staff about uh, the racial situation and tensions in America at that time. Billy Graham was committed to reconciliation. 
But, you know, when you're in the public spotlight for as long and as often as Billy Graham was, well, you make mistakes. He did. There was a time when he was in the Oval Office and uh, the conversation began to move towards um, how some media outlets, some newspapers and television uh, stations were controlled by Jewish uh, owners. And uh, evidently the language and the conversation got a little bit rough. And when the tapes of those meetings came out, Billy Graham apologized. He apologized for his part in that conversation because he realized that even though he was pastor of presidents, he was first an ambassador of Christ. We Christians have the message of reconciliation. Do our actions and our words demonstrate that? We are God's ambassadors. God is making his appeal to the world through us. It makes me wonder, do I, do we have anything to apologize for? There's probably something to someone. Scripture doesn't just give us big ideals like reconciliation. It also gets very practical. And our third reason we need to apologize is because Christians limit our freedom on behalf of others. Christians limit our freedom on behalf of others. Listen to Romans. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for building up one another. Pursue peace and build up one another. Rick Warren, the senior pastor at Saddleback Church down in Orange County and uh, author of The Purpose Driven Life, he seems like a pretty laid-back Southern California guy, likes to joke. And uh, back in 2003, he posted a picture on his Facebook page. And the picture was of a young adult, enthusiastic, full of vim and vigor, excited about life, and kind of gung-ho for, for whatever the day brought. And the post that Rick uh, wrote was... Um, he said, the typical attitude of Saddleback staff as they start, start work each day. Seems innocent enough to me. It was part joke and part compliment to his staff. But unfortunately, unbeknownst to Rick, that particular picture that he used uh, was offensive to Chinese Americans, many of whom live in Orange County near Saddleback Church. That picture was famous for representing the idealized young adult uh, under the communist regime. It was about oppression, not about freedom. And people began to respond to Rick's Facebook post. And Rick didn't really respond well. He basically said, hey, get over it. I was kidding. Um, he felt like, I have a right to make a joke. But luckily, there was a Chinese Christian in the area who wrote a thoughtful blog that described and explained why that was offensive to Chinese Americans. And Rick Warren read it. And he immediately took down the post. And he responded to the blog and said, thank you for teaching me. And if you ever need to tell me anything or anybody else does, feel free. And he gave him his personal email address. Rick Warren isn't perfect. 
Uh, and he could have handled the situation better. But basically, I think he came to understand what Paul was saying, to pursue what makes for peace and for building up one another. So what hope is there for us if Billy Graham and Rick Warren mess up? Well, to be honest, none. There's no hope that we're not going to mess up. We're going to. We have. The question is not, are we going to mess up? The question is, are we going to apologize and apologize well when we mess up? I can't answer that for you. What I can tell you is that the fourth thing we learn about apologizing is that Christians apologize because they have changed. Christians apologize because we have changed. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. It's like uh, when I go on a low-carb, high-protein diet. Oh, the old is gone. I've gotten rid of it. Uh, I, I throw out all the anything white in the kitchen, uh, white bread, white pasta, uh, sugar, it, just everything, and bring in healthy things, vegetables, and uh, you know low carb things and high protein things, more chicken, less beef. So the old is gone, but you know what? The results of the old are still around. About thirty pounds of results is still here. And uh, I have to work on it if I'm going to change. The new creation and the good news about the new creation is that it's here. But let's be honest. The old part of us that assumes we're right, that hates to admit when we're wrong, that really avoids apologizing if we can, that old part of us, it's still here. Like 30 pounds it's still around and we're going to have to work if we want to change. But now we have a new creation and it supersedes that old creation. With a diet, eventually, if I have filled my kitchen with the right things, the new things, and I have gotten rid of the old, and if I have filled my time with exercise, I'm going to change. And you're going to notice. I've discovered over time that usually it takes about 20 pounds of weight loss before people begin to notice, but they do begin to notice. We come to Jesus with all the baggage of our old creation. It's as if we show up to Jesus 30 pounds heavier spiritually and with all the challenges and problems, and we need to change. Much of what we do and the way we think, we inherited from our old nature, our old creation. And it's going to take time and effort to change all that. So praise God, the new is here, the new creation. We would have no chance without it. But still the results of the old are with us. We need to work on it. So how's our weight? Would anyone notice that we've changed? Are we any different than we were mm, a year ago, or five years ago, or 20? You see, Christ didn't come and enter into our lives just to be another piece, another app. He came to change us, to transform us into becoming His ambassadors, 
representatives of the living God in this world. So I'm not going to give you five steps to a better apology. Frankly, all that stuff is online. There are amazing resources. There are TED Talks and YouTube and articles and books. You can get it all and it will all be helpful if you want to change, if you want to get better at apologizing. What I want to do today is help us see we need to. We need to get better at it. And we need to want to apologize. But uh, the coach in me isn't going to let me wrap up until I give you at least one thing. And this one thing is just four words. Just four words that will take your apology ability to a new level. Here they are. Why, because, and, no. Why, because, and, no. All four words are important. Why says why you are apologizing. I'm sorry I missed your birthday this week. Because acknowledges how that impacted or hurt the other person. Because I know you put a lot of time into it and you wanted me there and it hurt when I didn't make it. And says how you're going to change it or make it up to them. And I'd like to take you out to celebrate with a couple friends if you'd like that. No means no excuses, no explanations, no wiggling off the hook. Nothing like, I'm sorry if missing your birthday hurts your feelings. Or, I'm sorry that you sent the invitations out mm, pretty late. Or, I'm sorry, but I just didn't have time to find the right present. Why? Because and no. I began by saying that apologizing is a lost art, and it is, even among Christians. We need to change that. And the attitude behind it, love, is always being willing to say, I'm sorry, I apologize, forgive me. Love as well as unity and compassion and grace and putting others' needs ahead of our own, that's our calling as Christians as followers of Christ. We need to be living that out. That We need to be living out that calling for our sake and for the sake of others and for the sake of the world. Do you know the world is desperate for it? Desperate. Right now, people are at each other's throats. In our nation today, even in our own uh, communities, these people are angry and offended by these people because these people want to reopen businesses and get the economy rolling again. And these people are angry and offended at these people because these people ask them or require them to wear masks. Forget for the moment who's right and who's wrong. And forget about all the angry and offended people that we see in our news feeds and on our Facebook pages. Should we be angry and offended? As Christians, our calling is to advocate on behalf of others. We should be asking, is reopening businesses good for others? Is wearing masks and social distancing good for others? What's good for others is what we should be advocating. We are living representatives of God. So we limit our freedom on behalf of others. 
We apologize not just because we must, but because we can, because it's our calling, because the old is gone and the new has come. There are bigger issues going on than whether or not we wear masks. We have church members who have lost their jobs. There are people in our community uh, who have said goodbye to loved ones on the phone while they were isolated and alone. We have heard about grandparents who haven't been able to hold their new grandchildren. We have parents who are um, first responders who have isolated and stayed away from their families so that their kids don't get infected. There's nothing hypothetical about this, my Stonebridge family. Think about what happens when we try to reopen Stonebridge and worship together. What happens if the governor and the medical community say that we need to tell people to wear masks and to stay six feet apart and even not sing? Do we do whatever we want? Do we obey the law or disobey the law? As I say, do we do whatever we want, even if members die because of it? Will ushers be threatened if they ask people to use hand sanitizer? Christians have a higher calling. We are ambassadors of Christ. Jesus said that getting things right with people is so important that we need to do that before we try to get ourselves right with God. The Apostle Paul said, as far as it depends on you and me, live at peace with everyone. So when we are thinking about what actions we're going to take this week, what words we're going to speak this week, it's our responsibility that those actions and words pursue what makes for peace and for building up one another. Paul sums it up in one last verse from Philippians Chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. It's as if he is speaking directly to us. Let's pray. Well, gracious Lord Jesus, thank you that you thought of us and you came to live among us. You put our needs ahead of your own. Would you help us to be the kind of people who do that in this day and age? Maybe others aren't that way, but your children need to be that way. Ambassadors, representatives of the living God, would you help us be that? All of us from Stonebridge and beyond, in Jesus' name. Amen. While we shelter in place, there's a long list of things that I've neglected to do. Some of those things I'm totally okay with, like not wearing pants with a waistband or getting my car washed. Other things that I've neglected to do are a little more annoying, like not getting a haircut or eating healthy. My routine has definitely changed, and I'm sure yours has too. But what has remained the same is our desire to worship and serve God. In the letter to the Hebrews, the author closes out the book with a nudge of encouragement to stay strong and not to neglect giving back to God and sharing our resources. 
As we prepare to give our tithes and our offerings, let me encourage you with these words from the book of Hebrews. Through Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
As people of faith, we have gathered for worship. And now we return to our sacred everyday lives. Share the story of faith. Share the story of hope with those around you. Share the story of faith and hope through your words and through your actions. Go and be a living witness to God's love. Go knowing that God goes with you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with Stonebridge. Thank you.